Hello and welcome to the PBC Yankees podcast, a show about the greatest baseball team on earth, the New York Yankees. With your host, Chris Lorenzo, joined by Thomas Wang and Jackson Treneman. It's March 3rd, and that means that the regular season is less than one month away. The Yankees have three games under their belt in spring training and have another non-televised game tonight for Toronto. Let's get into some MLB news with Thomas before we talk about the Yankees and their spring training. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Thomas Wang here. We're back for another one of these amazing podcasts. Anyway, I got some news around the league. One, Fernando Tatis Jr., already in midseason form. He had an absolute grand slam dinger the other day. So what in the world? It's like spring training didn't even exist. And also, we got my man, well, not my man, but Jeff McNeil. I have to admit, he's a great Met. He had a nice home run the other day. Looks terrific. Ready for a great 2020. And then uh, George Springer made his debut for the Blue Jays, going one for two. And then maybe something you haven't seen. Um, Did anyone see in the Orioles-Yankee game the other day that John Meads got pulled in the first inning? But he also got to trot out and pitch the second inning. What? Like, what? I know, it's crazy. But anyway, he recorded a total of five outs and 40 pitchers, and he was removed from the first inning with two outs. And for this year, they instituted a new rule for spring training where pitchers can re-enter at will by the manager's uh, consent. So anytime they want to re-enter a pitcher, they can do so. I think that's crazy. Uh, it's a great rule. And yeah, now I'm going to hand it over to Jackson, who has to talk about some injury updates. Yeah, th- thanks, Thomas. Yeah, just to add on to that... Uh pitcher rule there's also some five inning and seven inning games being played in spring training it's a little weird to see right now that'll be done in a couple weeks but it's definitely interesting to see these kind of like little league rules be implemented at the beginning of spring training for the first time but yeah the Yankees got a got a lot of guys coming back from injury there's Gio Urshela who had offseason surgery he's going to play Thursday and I'm sure Stanton will follow I don't I think Stanton's banged up at all. I think they're just trying to take it little by little with him. But did Stanton did Stanton play in the first game or he hasn't played no, yet? No, he hasn't played yet. I think he's actually yeah. gonna play today or tomorrow. Alright, so yeah, he's on the same schedule as Gio. And Schmidt's still down. He was like the main injury so far in spring. He's probably gonna be done for at least a month or two, I would assume. So that's gonna hurt his chances and effectively end his chances to make the uh, roster for opening day. Tyone made a nice impression on the Yankees. He threw seven pitches. And after watching Derek Cole's 25-pitch first inning, it was definitely a nice uh, thing to see him go one, two, three. Cole was saying how he actually finished off in the bullpen. And that's just a great sign that uh, they're, the, he's the chance to just be an efficient, dominant pitcher. So. Hopefully a flash of things that we will see going forward. And then we got our, uh, our another former ace, Corey Kluber, pitching today. So it's going to be a big thing to keep an eye on him and Tyone as they have not really pitched a lot in the last couple of years. But we'll go to Chris now to talk about the other performances in spring training. Yeah, so thank you for that. Um, I actually had a lot of positive takeaways from these three games, but unfortunately the third game was not televised. So I had to watch some of the hits and stuff on uh, Twitter. But first off, Gary Sanchez, I'm sure you guys all saw, he hit that bomb over the batter's eye. I had to post that one. That was absolute bomb. 
it was just great to see after his horrible 2020 campaign and hoping he can bounce back. I mean, I know he has the talent too, for sure. Next, Talkman hit a home run, and we recently found out that he wasn't healthy all of 2020, which was a main factor for his disappointing season. He had some shoulder injuries, and I actually did not know about that. I thought he just didn't play well, but that's great news because obviously we saw what he's done in the past. He's a great defensive player, and if he can hit, that's just a big plus too. Then we have Gleyber Torres, who is three for four. I know it's early, but he just looks much more in shape than he did last year. He didn't really look good defensively either last year. He just looks a lot more comfortable. And obviously, Jackson mentioned Jamison Tyone already, but that really impressed me because I was watching that live, that one, two, three inning. And I hope he can be a really solid number three starter for the early season and hopefully the entire season if he stays healthy. No, yeah, definitely. Those are a lot of Yankees have been performing well in spring training. And something that I've just seen so far from all of the Yankees in general has been they're back to the same approach of just taking pitches, elongating at bats, not grounding out to second on the first pitch. I saw on Twitter that DJ had like an eight pitch at bat to lead off the game and then ended with like a single. And that's just classic DJ and all. I know Hicks in his first at bat back walked. It was like everyone just seems to be drawing walks, seeing pitches. And at this point in spring, it's so important to just feel comfortable and be able to see the ball well. So at the end of the day, we'll, we will take the longer at bats that end the strikeouts than the bloop singles that we get on the first pitch of the at bat. We just want to sustain success for the season. So that's going to be very important. There were some other nice things. I know Jay Bruce made a great catch in the, uh, First inning of Garrett Cole start. Cole started off a little rocky, walked the first batter, and then the next guy hit a ball to deep left. And I was like, oh, is, Gar- is that Gardner? Is that Frazier? And it ended up being Jay Bruce. So it was pretty uh, – he had a smile on his face. So that's probably the best play he's going to make this year. But uh, definitely nice. And then there was a grand slam from spring training legend Chris Giddens, who always seems to have multiple massive home runs in the spring. But never really a, a threat to crack the Yankee roster. But I don't know. Maybe if uh, the whole team gets hurt and then the whole Triple A team gets hurt, maybe we'll have a shot this year to uh, hit some bombs in the Bronx. But other than that, it's probably going to be mostly. Uh, we'll, we will see the starters getting one to two at bats for the most part in the next couple weeks, and they'll they'll work them up to probably full games in like two weeks or so. Recently, Aaron Boone said that Hicks is most likely to be the number three hitter to start the season. And I just wanted to see your thoughts on this. And I thought we could do some like mock lineups of what we think should happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Hicks in the three hole is probably a good place for him. I mean, it's nice to have a switch hitter, especially with this right handed heavy lineup. It's a little tough to mix things up. So, having Hicksy in the lineup there really can help add a lot more benefit in terms of uh, mixing it up against pitchers. Because we are very power reliant and we are very uh, right-handed reliant, so at least for me, my lineup right now would be uh, leading off. You got DJ, then you got Judge, Hicks, uh, Stanton, and Void. I could interchange uh, five, uh, four, and five. Then you got Glaber, Geo, Frazier, and I have Sanchez rounding us out at nine. No, I think that's a great points about Hicks and everything. The thing that grabs my eye mostly is Hicks's uh, OBP. He just gets on base a lot. Whether he was a righty or lefty, he would have a legit shot for this three spot, and then it helps his chances exponentially with him being a switch hitter. Just giving that little change, because that's really the only le- that's the only lefty in the lineup. 
Gardner doesn't play. And most likely, Frazier will play a majority, and like Wade and Talkman and Bruce and whoever's on the roster won't be in the starting lineup in important games, at least. Throughout the season, they're going to mix it up. I doubt they even have these players for more than like 20, 25 games together, even if everyone stays healthy, just because they're just going to switch it up so much. But Hicks in the three spot, it's Boone's philosophy. I remember in the in the playoff series against the Twins in 2019, Gardner was batting third. He just loves his lefties batting third, and that's going to stay that way, assuming Hicks continues to get on base. And for him to get on base for guys like Boyd and Stanton, who will be hitting after him, and then I, I do have DJ and Judge before Hicks too, just like Thomas said. And then my my ending end of the lineup's a little different. I like Frazier as like the double leadoff guy, but it really doesn't matter. All these guys could be three and four hitters, and I really wouldn't have an issue with it at all. A very deep lineup this year. Yeah, I honestly don't love Hicks in the three. I mean, it makes sense, and I think he's a very good player, switch hitter, gets on base a lot, and he. I know he doesn't hit a lot of ground balls, which is really good because we don't want those double plays. But um, I would much rather have our lineup look something like this. I know that we would have just one lefty in the lineup if this is our nine guys. But I like DJ leading off, then Judge and Stanton back-to-back. I just absolutely love that. Who wants to pitch to Judge and then have to pitch to Stanton? Then you got Void at four, Glaber at five. I really like Frazier at six. I think he's going to go off this year. And I think he's not going to start at six for sure, but he can work his way up to six. Rochelle at seven, Hicks at eight, and Sanchez at nine. But like Jackson said, our whole lineup really can be like a three or four or five. I mean, it's ridiculous. Our lineup is insane. No, I think that's that's the thing about the lineup is that anyone can bet anywhere. I think guys for guys like Sanchez and Frazier and maybe even Glaber to an extent, them hitting at the bottom of the order may be what's best for them. Glaber in 2019, and even the year before, a lot of his damage came from when there wasn't a lot of pressure on him. It was more like he was batting. I remember him and Andujar were batting in the 8 and 9 rounds, and they were both like the best hitting rookies that year. So it's like sometimes not being in like the 4 or 5 hole and having the whole weight of the offense on your back, when you want them to be in the spots where the pitchers are letting up, being like, oh, I just had to face Stanton, Void, Judge, and all those guys, and now they have to face the guys coming up. So I think it's just going to be a floating scale. Boone will move people as they're getting hot and not, and I think by the middle of the season we'll have a clear idea of where he wants everyone in the order. Yeah, I think it's actually kind of hard to mess up this lineup if you – the only thing you can really do is not have DJ hit first, which that's a must. I mean, everyone's got to have that. But Yeah, DJ and then Judge hit second just to maximize his at-bats. But after that, it's really – you can really do whatever. Then we had a few questions before we sign off from the fans. So every week we had a question about Brett Gardner. This one was, what role is he actually going to play this season now that Frazier kind of has that left field starting position? I mean, Gardy's going to play the same role he did last year. He's there as a replacement if anyone gets hurt, but he's also there for defensively. He's also there as a leader on and off the field as he's still the only guy from a 2009 World Series team left, obviously. And Gardy's just there, especially like maybe in like games where we need someone to take a long at-bat or something because Gardy is very good at staying in at-bats, fouling pitches off, and really just staying in account. So, I mean... I wouldn't expect anything different from the last like two years for Gardy. Maybe if like Frazier gets hurt, he'll be starting in left time, left field for full time. But for now, 
he's just going to be a bench player, role player, just, you know, there for uh, leadership purposes. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think the leadership aspect is basically the reason they brought him back. You don't really bring back a guy at Gardner's age when you have guys like Talkman, Jay Bruce, etc. just for his skill set. I mean, he does perform in the playoffs, which is nice, but to have a guy like him in the clubhouse, especially in these past years with like CC leaving and DD leaving, it's important to have those type of guys that can bond with everyone. You already saw Frazier make a bunch of remarks about how excited he was that Gardner was coming back, and it seems to be that way throughout the whole Yankees organization. And again, as on the field, he's going to be more of a defensive replacement late in the game, pinch hitter if there's a nasty ready on the mound. But, I mean, for the most part, if everyone stays healthy, he's probably going to start like 50 games or so. But if people get hurt, I mean, Gardner's shown to be very durable. So anybody gets hurt or anyone's down for a week or two, Gardner slots in as the guy. And I don't think anyone has a problem with that. Yeah, my biggest things were definitely injuries. If someone gets hurt, he'll definitely get his playing time there. And he's just a great leader, like you guys mentioned especially to Frazier, because he knows he's handing it over to Frazier. And Gardner is one of the best people that you could have in the clubhouse <clears throat> to be a leader. And I think that hopefully it'll help Frazier's career t- tremendously. Next question, who will have a better bounce back season, Glaber or Gary? Yeah, so this is an interesting question. It can be interpreted in many different ways. I would personally say Gary just because I feel like Glaber wasn't that bad last year. Yeah, everything fell off a little bit, but then in the playoffs he was great again like he has been in the past. I think the the defensive fielding at shortstop, that can improve a little bit, but he's capped to where he can really get to at least at shortstop. At second base, he's much better, obviously. Glaber... Glaber's power has been all over the board. After he hit that thir- a high 30 homers in the 2019 season, everyone projected him to be like this 40 homer guy going forward. I necessarily don't see that. A lot of them was a lot of the Orioles homers that were amazing that year, but it came in bunches. And I don't necessarily see that like sustainable. So like right now, I think the cap for Glaber is like 280, 290 with like 25, 30 homers. But I feel for Sanchez, in terms of offensive production, they showed a graphic uh, for spring training, like since 2015 or 20, 2015, 2016, he was like the first in homers, first in slugging, top three in like RBIs. Every Like he's been the best offensive catcher over the last five years, even with these last two, three years being very bad. So I think Gary's going to come back and just show why he's the best hitting catcher in baseball. Depends. Maybe JT Romuto is considered a little bit better at the end of it, but I think Gary's going to slot right back into there as the number one or two hitting catcher in baseball. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Jackson. I also think Gary is going to have the better bounce back season. I mean, the guy's a two-time All-Star for a reason. I mean, you look at his first two seasons coming out of the gate when he played in 2016, the 53 games, he had 20 homers. That's rough. I think that was the quickest out of any player to hit 20 home runs in the league. And then in 2017, he hit 33 bombs. That's 53 home runs, and he played a total of 175 games. So he essentially hit 53 home runs in basically one season and a little more. So Gary Sanchez, I mean, and after last year, uh, he batted 147. There's no way he can do worse than 147. I really don't think he could do worse. 
Like, I think Chris Davis can even do worse than 147. And he did awful with his little hitting streak. So, uh, yeah, so I fully expect Gary Sanchez to return to form. I mean, this is probably it for him. He doesn't put up the numbers this season. He He's going to get the boot because the Yankees are not having this 120-plus uh, strikeouts without any production. So I expect Gary Sanchez to really rock the league this year. Thanks, Thomas. Um, I really think that both of them are going to bounce back. I think they're both going to have good seasons, but I think Glaber will have the better season. I think that he's in much better shape. A lot of people in the league, a lot of teammates, I know Stanton said that Glaber's in the best shape he's seen him in. And compared to last season, he just looks a lot more comfortable in the box. And I think Glaber can be a superstar in this league. I know he showed potential and with that 38 home run season in 2019. He is better uh, as a defender at second base, but he still is good at shortstop. And I don't know. I think he has superstar potential. And then the last question is, if Sanchez could drastically improve his offense or defense, which one would you choose? I mean, that's a really tough decision because both have their pros and cons to which one should be improved. But I would like to see Sanchez improve his offensive numbers just in terms of his cutting down on strikeouts because he's just so – he's go big or go home every at-bat, I feel, and he's not there to get hits. And that's something, like, that really can annoy me. So i rather see his offense, uh, offensive at-bats get a little bit better and not just striking out on three pitches trying to swing for the fences. So, at least for me, I'm picking offense. Yeah, like Thomas said, it's a very difficult question because you improve his offense, then you're sitting there with nine legit hitters at any moment that one could go yard, two could have a great bat against you and drive in a run. So, it extends the dangerous lineup. The cons is that they already have eight guys that can do that. And with the defensive aspect, assuming that we're in reality and not like acting like he's gonna he can become like a top ten catcher out of nowhere, which I don't think it's possible for him at this point in his career, it's a little tough. Like in terms of the defensive end, Sanchez has one of the best arms in baseball. He throws he throws out like everybody in terms of probably throws out the top ten percent, uh top ten in terms of uh throwing out percentage in, in catchers. So I like that part of his game. The blocking and like the frame, he seems to get really better at framing. The issue is like the blocking and just like the overall laziness at times. So at this point, I'm fine with Sanchez's defense. It is what it is. But I, I'd rather him get back to his 2017. Give me 30 homers. Give me a 250. Give me a 260 average. If we get to that, then I think the Yankees are just unstoppable in general. I'm always going to go to the offensive side. I like from. I'm actually going to go with defense, but this is a really tough question. I'm happy that someone asked us this, but I don't think that he's capable of having another offensive season as bad as he did last year, like Thomas said. I mean, it's just not possible to hit 147 again. I mean, it is possible, but we better not see that again. And then his, his defense has always been questionable. And I, I don't know. I think it's really important to have a good catcher defensively who can call the game, calm the pitcher down frame strikes, block pitches in the dirt that need to be in the dirt. And I feel like Sanchez is okay at that, but we can't have Higashioka being Cole's personal catcher. That's just going to disrupt everything. No, I think that's definitely a good thing. We can't have as good as Higashioka and Cole work together. It makes it very tough to, if the Yankees have World Series aspirations, Cole will be pitching game one of the World Series. 
let's say we're facing the Dodgers, and depending on who they're either going Bueller, Bauer, Kershaw, they're stacked. You want Gary in the lineup because Gary has the potential to disrupt an entire game. Higashioka doesn't. If if we're all being real with ourselves, Higashioka has had some big big hits at times, even in the playoffs, but. Gary could win a game for the Yankees in the postseason, and you need those guys in your lineup all the time. If Cole's pitching games one, four, and seven, and are the best hitting catcher in baseball or a top five, even when he's not great, is not able to play, that severely hurts the Yankees' chances of winning. So they need to figure out some way for, and Cole seems very open about everything that he's like talking to Sanchez in the dugout about everything. He's complimenting him. I think everyone in the Yankees organization is on the same uh, point where they're just, they really want what's best for Gary and they want him to play important games. And I think he'll get back to that because up to this year, Gary had played in every single Yankees postseason game. He would play every game in the series, back-to-back games. So he definitely had a rough stretch, but no, I'm feeling, I'm feeling that Gary will be deciding factor in the playoffs. Let's hope so. That's all for today. Tune in the next episode where we will actually be doing a live draft of building the best MLB team. All right. Bye, guys. Peace.